Okay, so once again, welcome everyone to Live from My Drum Room. It's a pleasure to see you all. And uh, I'd like to welcome my guest, the one and only Rich Redmond. What's up, brother? There you are, brother. Thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging in there with me. I had my usual like weird tech issues getting this thing going, but, um, but here we are. Yeah. Here we are. And you're looking handsome as ever. Well, man, thank you. You too. You know, it, when you go live, there's so many things that can happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it, it's like when yeah. you, you know, you're playing like American Idol and they say, no, it's no big deal if there's a problem. It's, it's not live, live. And you're told the, the wrong information and like Pro Tools isn't working and it's five seconds and five, four. This is live, live. I mean, and then somehow it, it starts working and. Whew. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's some pressure. And, and, and that's cool, man, that you can, you can speak to that real life experience as opposed to just this silly little thing that I do that I, I always stumble at the same spot trying to get the sharing, you know, to different pages oh, and different man. places. It's cool so. you go live. It's brave. I love it. Well, thanks, yeah. brother. And I, and I, I want to talk about your show, too, and maybe we'll get to that sure. in a minute. But um, you have so much going on, Rich. And I'm so, first of all, thank you for being here. It's a pleasure to oh, have Oh, honor. You. Thank you so much, man. Um, well, I, I'm a big fan. And, and you know, the few times we've got to hang out at, at different shows, it's always, you, you just bring this, like, energy and and just positive vibes. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, and after we saw each other, yeah, at PASIC, you know, I, I, I was going to mention it when we saw each other there, and I just figured, you know, I'd, when, when I had an idea of when we could figure this out, I wanted to reach out yeah. and, and ask you to do this. Well, so. that's a good-looking drum room, man. I appreciate you having me, man. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I just made a little change this morning. I, I, uh, I put my Rogers kit in there. I'm going to start to play practice on that a bit and, uh, for a little change of pace. Oh, yeah. You change the drums. You change, you know, the, your, your outlook and your... You know, it's it's such a personal instrument. You know, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so talking about that, what what kind of things are you doing these days to to keep your, you know, your your uh, inspiration as high as it is all the time? Yeah. And and uh, you're, what what do you when you get up in the morning? What are some of the things you think about and you do? Yeah, man. Well, you know, I usually jump out of the bed with a smile on my face, and I know that we're both. Um, runners, you know, I don't know how you long you've been running, but that is just like, it's been such a secret sauce for me as far as like, yeah, you know, cause you kind of lose yourself and you know, you, you know, when you sweat, you get rid of those toxins and you just look at the world differently and your pants fit better. And it's just, it's just, it's just a great <laughs> thing to do. You know, I've been doing it for such a long time. Um, and, uh, so, so, you know, I try to knock that out first thing if I can, there's something about like, either getting your run in or getting some stretches or doing a workout first thing, because I, you know, sometimes you're like, I'll do it after work. I'll do it after the session. And then before you know it, someone invites you to happy hour, or you got to go to a meeting or the, you know, and it just doesn't, you yeah. just got to get it done. But, um, you know, after all these years I'm on, you see, I started playing drums in when it's my go-to joke, but when dinosaurs roamed the earth in 1976, I was hitting everything inside. My dad said, do you want to play the drums? think secretly he wanted to play the drums um and and so what is that that's like 
it's like 40 something years of playing this instrument and I'm still so enthusiastic about it. But, you know, sometimes, you know, the pandemic taught me this. um, Sometimes it's nice to step away from something, you know, and more over the years, you know, I put so many tens of thousands of hours in in the early days of getting my hands together and the coordination and working on the reading and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of times I I, I don't have as much enthusiasm to be in a dark room by myself going, like, I got to get that left foot double bass shuffle yeah. thing up to, you know, it's, I love playing music with people. It's such a team sport, you know, and then moving to Nashville, Absolutely, of course, yeah. you know, it's all about the song. So all those like, you know, heavy chops and things that I worked on, you know, at North Texas state and trying to master these things like, Fusion music, you know, that vocabulary, it's in your back pocket. You can access it, but for the most part, you know, playing boom, spack, and you just trying to put that space together and that healing feeling and then choosing the right snare drum and how to stay out of the way and keep smiles on people's faces, you know, that are that are writing these songs. So it's just Nashville just taught me that less is more thing, you know. So the other day I, I had a little like a minor surgery from running. I I, I had like a like a, a meniscus tear on my hi hat foot. So I was like, okay, the doctor's like, it's a five week recovery. I'm like, oh great. So you know, I'm with a the guys in my band. We're all you know a little older. We're the oldest band in country music. But so things are starting to fall apart. So we always schedule our weird little surgeries and stuff like in <laughs> November and December, so we we can get like our our recovery time. And so I hadn't picked up the sticks in a couple of weeks, and then I had a recording session. Um, Tuesday and I said man I better get those sticks in my hands and you you pick those things up and you're like oh man this is a little rusty shaking the rust off for the first 20 minutes by that second hour yeah, I'm just like oh dude you know I got my pad of flaw flaws and my flam accents and my flam taps I'm flying it's because that muscle memory that time in the trenches yeah. so I don't beat myself up if I don't pick up a pair of sticks for the day because you know, sometimes maybe the day is you're playing music with people, you're recording, maybe you're traveling. And while you're doing that, maybe you're working on your your bookings and your admin and running your life, you know. And But every day I just yeah. try to grow in some sort of like do something with my mind, do something with my body, try to move the ball down the field with my music career, try to inspire people, try to be inspired. Um, yeah, and just, you know, move that ball down the field, man, you know. That's great, man. No, you know, and you made a really good point too, that at a much lower level, you know, in terms of my playing, I think the same way that I sometimes I it gets in my head, Rich, like mentally that for a while anyway, that I had to play every day, just like I gotta, I gotta play even if, you know, even if I don't feel like yeah. it. And, and I think what you're saying is the same thing is nothing worse than sort of forcing yourself. Sometimes it can be so counterproductive and unproductive to just kind of, like you say, sit in that room and just kind of go, okay, I'm going to play along to some music. And, um, but it's weird how like I'll go sometimes a week and I'll just sit down and I'll feel like, man, I'm flying and everything's locking in and it feels really good. And wow, listen to me, I'm playing triplets with my foot, which I, I check a good, check a good, check a good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of the most. I'm I'm happier than I've been in so many years because I'm I'm seeking balance. You know, like when I was in college and it was like, you got to go to your classes, you got gigs at night, you're trying to practice eight hours a day. It was very fruitful and very productive, 
But like I wasn't eating right. I wasn't getting my exercise. I wasn't like feeding myself. It was just school, 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 you know, like and and deadlines. And so you become very unbalanced. And so I'm noticing that maybe just a little bit less time with the sticks in my hands, but I'm making sure that I'm getting my workouts and I'm eating right. It's all coming together. And that's really when I'm the the happiest and when you shine the brightest is when um, you seek somehow seek that balance in your life. But I feel like there's always a there's an there has to be an era of your life, especially hopefully in the early days um, where you just practice and you are just focused on being the best, you know, have the best facilities and concepts together. And then you got to go out and you got to, you got to go apply those things with real people in the room. And that's kind of where I am now. You know, I'll get behind the drums if I have like a, a big clinic coming up or I'm a guest artist with like a percussion ensemble or a jazz ensemble because I don't do that every day. So, you know, you got to kind of like maybe shed that thing. But for what I do every night with Jason Aldean, it's just like we my guys, we finish each other's sentences and everything, you know, the vernacular, the language that we speak is just seeped in blood and sweat and tears and diesel fuel and time in the trenches. And, and it's just, that's my home base. Um, but then we like to go out and cheat on each other. You know, we like to go, you know, you got to play music with other people. You got to speak some different languages, yeah, play in some yeah. different crowds. And then you bring that experience back to your home base. And people are like, Oh man, I, yeah, man, this break was good for you, man. They look back and there's a huge smile on your face. You know, it's great. Yeah, it's like it's like you've become inspired in a different way. It would be my take on that. Yeah, playing with other people, it kind of like, and you can bring that back to your your family. You know, and and uh, and and talking about Jason, I mean, you've had that that chair. You've been his drummer since the beginning. Yeah, I mean, that's 1999. We started working together. Um, Unbelievable. Presidencies Unbelievable. have gone by, you know, and, and, and just like in a public forum, I always do my best to like, you know, just show my gratitude for that situation because um, it's it, it's such rarefied air in the music industry to be able to 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 have a steady job in the music industry of any kind because it, it is the Wild West and there are no rules. And nine times out of ten, there is very little loyalty and it's just you against the system. And so to have somebody that 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 believes in me that much that night after night, I am not going to let him down, whether we're jet lagged or we've got, you know, explosive diarrhea. I mean, the show must go on. He knows that I'm going to play that show, you know, and so and so it's uh, it, it, it's an amazing thing. And he's a very consistent and loyal uh, friend and employer. So. That's great, man. Yeah, you, it, you know, I mean, without without knowing a whole lot about the entire organization. It really seems that way to me. You know, the fact that you've been there that long and it's just anybody watching this that has even a feel for, you know, the business um, would have to recognize that that's so unprecedented to, to, and it, and it really says a lot about Jason. It says a ton about you. Um, There's a lot of great drummers in that. Well, he just says, you know, I got to have my guys. guys. I got to have my guys, you know, even if like he's playing the Opry or something. I mean, there was times that he played the Opry and the Opry of course has a world-class house band but there's just something when somebody is out there and they are bearing their soul and they're taking the music to the people and they're trying to tell a story they want to be as comfortable as possible and um and there's something just about having people that you know you break bread with and you finish each other's sentences and you've been in the trenches together and they look back and there's just something very comfortable about that so um and that also which makes me respect you know you know the the tried and true warriors of the business that are uh total freelance cats that have, uh, you know, a, 
a resume a mile long. Basically, you know, when someone is working for a different recording artist every week or on a new tour every year, they're working for a whole different corporate structure, uh, you know, ideology, a, a culture, you know, and they have to just be able to adjust and, and be a people pleaser, like in the most complimentary way, like, oh, you want it faster? You want it slower? You want it softer? Oh, plastics, brushes, sneeze guard? No problem. I mean, and that's kind of like the attitude <laughs> that you have to have to be a survivor in this yeah. crazy, you know, whatever that person wants, you know, uh, you, you try to give it to them with a smile, you know? Yeah, man. And yeah. Absolutely. I, I, this is, this is great. This is exactly what I think, you, you know, this information for people that wonder, like, how do you, you know, how do you make it in the business? How do you get your start? Yeah. You know, these are all the, the obvious, I mean, I would say obvious, but things that I think come very obviously and natural to you, uh, what it takes to, you know, when you're a hired gun to come into a session, you're there to give the producer, the songwriter, the artist, what they want. Yeah. Not necessarily, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, Rich, but not, not necessarily what you want, but it may, I'm guessing most of the time it's the same thing, but sometimes, I'm, you know, you have an idea and maybe they go, yeah, you know what, Rich, we were thinking maybe we'd have you play, like you say, Blastics on right. this one or... Uh, you know, oh, yeah. play a cross stick instead of a back. Heck yeah. yeah. Just be open to those things and, 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 you know, be able to read the room. And cause sometimes you're just being tired, you know, you're just being hired as you're a human drum machine. We're at, we want to add the muscle and the ligaments and the circulation and the humanity to something that's been programmed, which, you know, I do a lot. And at other times people are hiring you to be you. And they're like, look, that's a demo, but it's really rough. I want you to do your thing to it. And then other times it's somewhere in the middle where, you know, you can't make a suggestion about everything but you're like hey i got an idea on the bridge there it's not always welcomed but you it just time in the trenches teaches you to read the room and be like oh it's that kind of yeah. session today um the other day i was doing a recording session for my friends that have been writing songs they uh the guys in my band have been writing the last four number one songs for jason they're on a real roll and my friend kurt who have been playing with for 23 years has become a great programmer you know he just got the little akai midi pad and he's got some of my samples and some of you know some other great sounding stuff and he, he's able to program some great drum part very musical and i always know that they probably want me to hug that demo so i go in and i pretty much like a you know an Aaron off i'll transcribe basically the entire drum machine part all the kick drum patterns and everything and so i went to the session already and then and then the and then on the fly um excuse me my friend kurt goes Oh, I sent you the wrong version of the demo. It's been updated. And so like in real time on the clock, now I'm like transcribing the exact kick drum patterns because they want the exact kick drum patterns. So oh sometimes you just, you know, some of that, that training, you know, because people, this is a question I get all the time. Should I go to college? Do I have to go to Berkeley? Do I have to go to MI? Do I have to go to the University of Miami? Do I have to go to USC? Do I have to go to North Texas State? Well, it's like, you know, it's expensive, you know, but when you come out, at least you have four more years to kind of work on this craft that may, these skills that may um, help you. And and to, for me, the reading was just a game changer because it allows you to put yourself into more circumstances to play with people quickly. And let's face it, in this industry, uh, a lot of things are last minute. Hey, man, drunk my first yeah. gig in Nashville. You know, uh, um, it was like, hey, Lonnie Wilson said that you can go and do this van gig with this artist for five sets a night. You're in a band house. You're in a van. It paid. This is what it pays, kid. But I was like, my first week in Nashville I was like, yeah, I'll take it. And they're like, by the way, 
the set list is 60 songs we call audibles and we're leaving tomorrow at eight in the morning. So it's like, you know, nine o'clock at night and I stay up all night transcribing 60 songs. And then you put it in an alphabetical order and then you've got your little rhythm watch. The artist looks back at you. They pull up wild angels. You go to your tab wild boom, doom, 98 BPM. Dick, dick. Oh, you know how it starts. You know how it ends. You know, all the stops. They look at you like you're a genius. That's awesome. And then, then yeah. people talk, yeah. and then that leads to another thing. And thank God for Lonnie Wilson and Eddie Bears and George Lawrence and all these cats that, like, helped me out when I moved to Nashville. And I was like, penny for the poor. You know, I was like, I was starving, <laughs> man. You know what I mean? It was like, I had my master's. I had played in the one o'clock lab band. No one cared. They just were like, yeah, kid, do you know how to play a train beat? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so thank God to those well, guys. that's yeah, man, those are those are the heavy cats in Nashville, and what a cool story! And, and that was my question. I knew you went to North Texas State, a renowned music school. Um, you know, incredible education. Yeah. And did you did you? So when you came to Nashville, I think you kind of answered my question. You didn't have anything kind of there waiting for you. You just thought, I'm going to go to rather than probably rather than L.A. I'm going to try Nashville first, and yeah, you know, and and you. For sure, man. You know, it's like, you know, New York, L.A., Nashville, Boston, Austin, Chicago. You know, there's only certain places where you're going to be able to go and kind of move the ball down the field. And, you know, I knew what my goal was, which was to travel the world on someone else's dime, hear, hear myself on the radio and see myself on television. Like I was like, I want to be like the guys on MTV. Um, so that was the and so I was like, well, was it going to be New York, L.A. or Nashville? And I was graduating. I was kicking around Dallas. And I really love Los Angeles. I love the palm trees. I love the sunny and 70 every day. I don't even, they don't even really need a weather girl. It's so funny. They, they're just like, it's <laughs> sunny and 70 again. Um, and I liked a lot of music that was coming from there. So, I, so that was an obvious choice, but, um, I got an audition for Barbara Mandrell, Dina Carter, and Trisha Yearwood. So like an, an icon, um, a brand new gal that was coming out, and then a gal that was kind of on her way that had a couple, couple records. And I auditioned um, three weeks in a row living in Dallas. I flew into Nashville, did learned all the songs. did, the, And they're like, you sound great, kid, but, you know, we're leaving. Like, where do you live? And I should have lied. I should have said, I live in Nashville. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fake it till you make it. But I was like, I live in Dallas. And da, da. So by the time I had done that three times, I was like, I'm moving to Nashville. People seem to like my drumming there, you know, um, mm. because really I'm an overeducated rock drummer. You know, people will be like, well, what do you, you know, what's your thing? Well, my first record was uh, Elton John's Greatest Hits, you know, Nigel Olsen on eight track. And then I started yeah. learn listening to all the, the bands, you know, the Beatles, the Stones, the Led Zeppelin, getting that in my DNA transcribing those hits, playing along with those things. And then I discovered Gene Krupa and, you know, Cozy Cole and Baby Dodds and who are the Mel Lewis, the way he rides the swish and how he, everyone sets mm. up their figures. And then I started getting into that, playing 20th century classical music. But then you come back and what is my thing that I really, really love that is like, it just seems like it is so natural and it's playing the big beat like Max Weinberg or you know, um, Kenny or the guys that swing the bats and it, it goes out to the, to the, to the cheap seats. It just seemed like that yeah. was my yep. natural lane. Um, yep. I'd say, I'd say you, you found it. I, I'd say you're in it. You're in that lane. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> because we all so need to find you, so a, a, a person to employ. We need the, a singer, like a drummer, 
You know, there's some yeah. great solo drum records. You know, they usually go cardboard. I mean, God bless, you know, Weckle, Master Plan, <laughs> as we all had it. We all got our hair cut like that. Yeah. You know, I had the VO5 <laughs> haircut. I had the Jeff Percaro glasses, you know, and, and, you, and you're like, I want to do a solo drum record. But there's just, you got to have a singer. You know, we're only as good as that front person. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to your point too, I mean, it's like, it's, if you want to play music, you got to have a singer, you got to have a band. And I, I, like you say, a drum record is only going to go so far to so many people. And, and, and I, I'm like you, I mean, I I like playing with other people and, and, and making music. And uh, so, so how long after you got to Nashville, um, did Jay, so Jason was kind of a new artist when it all kind of it had all happened at the same time. Oh my god! Like he was. Yeah, man. This was a this was a, a crazy story because I met a young Jason Aldean in 1999, um, and we were for four years we showcased for every label in town. We did like demo sessions. We jumped into vans to take the music to the people. Kind of was kind of refining things, looking for a record deal. And finally in 2004, he got a record deal. So between 99 and 2004, yes, I was working with Jason cultivating his career, putting that sweat equity in, but I also had that job with Pam Tillis, you know, where it was, you know, it was kind of like my day job. We would go out and do 60 shows. It was the first time I was ever on a salary. The first time I ever had somebody opening up a cold bottle of water for me. The first time I had a drum tech, you know, it was a really cool thing. And then also during that period, I was in a band called Rushlow and we had like two soft top 20 hits. But, um, you know, it was like a slightly overproduced country pop band where we, you know, wore like $100 overpriced, you know, T-shirts and and, and did the thing. And it, it was it, it was it was fun. It was a great thing. It was a great learning. So we that during that time, Jason was marinating and then we got he got the record deal in 2000 four and then and so if you look at the getting the record deal in 2004 that's 16 to 18 years non-stop of almost almost 20, yeah. yeah but then you know i yeah. we count the time from 19 yeah. uh, 1999 to 2004 where he was marinating and cultivating and develop if you go back to the first record and listen to jason singing it just sounds like a very very young man like pre-cigarettes and 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 late nights you know yeah wow man that's you know I, I that's just fascinating too that that um and you guys have have a a tour or you have a bunch of dates yeah well lined up this back year? in the day it was like we're gonna take everything we can that ended up being like we would do like two hundred shows a year and and it was like two two shows on yeah. Sunday you know change your clothes between the shows uh and then you know you start to establish you start opening for everybody in this industry the you're opening for the mcgraws and the keith urbans and we did three tours with the rascal flats and you try to brooks and dunn you try to steal their audience and um then it grows into like you're doing 180 shows a year then 160 then 125 and we did about six years we did 80 shows a year with like a live nation contract and now jason is still with live nation but we do about 55 60 shows a year which is like completely manageable and it just allows you to it allows me to operate um in nashville doing those other things like recording here in my studio crash studios recording on music row um teaching writing books doing my motivational speaking and that's all like tetris just trying to squeeze these things in yeah. and for me really one of my inspirations was our friend you know kenny aronoff because i don't think anybody has his kind of work ethic and i was like oh my god this guy's got drums in new york la nashville europe 
He's jumping on red eyes. He's playing on records on Mondays and Tuesdays. He's doing a clinic on Wednesday, catches a red eye, hooks up with Fogarty. I was like, that that's my model. You know, that the business is not as healthy now, so it doesn't quite support that. But I still right. try to be like, yeah, Monday, a, a drum clinic on, in Pittsburgh on a Monday. Yeah. And then I'll fly to Tuesday and I'll catch my bus on Wednesday. And so I just want to work. I want to take the music to the people. I want to affect people in a positive way. That's my purpose in life. My purpose in life is to change lives and affect people in a positive way. And I know that I can do that through either drumming or through education, music education, which is so near and dear to my heart, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I put you in the same category as Kenny when I, when I look at your work ethic and, you know, just nonstop. Oh, I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. And and talking about your um your motivational speaking, how did that how did I mean I recall that going back I think the first time I met you, which was by my recollection, Rich, it was do you remember there was a thing in LA around two thousand ten that Jules Follett put together, sticks and Yeah, spins. we love Jules, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like there was a, a something to tribute to Hal Blaine or a bunch of um, drummers. Oh, oh, night. yeah, that was a that was in Nashville. We it was like with a we did like a, we did a tribute in Nashville to Hal Blaine, and so all the Nashville session drummer Dom was there, Hal was there. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. This was in oh. L.A. This was a different this, but you were there. I know you were there because we were hanging out afterward. I think Freddie Gruber, rest his soul. Oh my God! We were, yeah, that was in we were like the last, was in Anaheim. Yeah, it was. A, it was in it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and, um, but anyway, I, I knew who you were. We hung out and, and I just got a feel for like how, like what your work ethic is, was, is like the, you know, all the things you do. And so how, how did that, how did the motivational speaking sort of take? Form? Yeah. Well, um, I always just for some reason, I always knew that I would do it uh, because my mom had this library of motivation. So all the Napoleon Hill, all the Dale Carnegie and the Jim Rome and the, just this kind of like positive law of attraction style thought leaders. And so I kind of consumed those things. I was a pretty voracious reader. So that stuff kind of got into my DNA. My mom's a real positive person. My dad's more of a realist. He's more of like a like that's all unicorns and rainbows son you know just get out there do the thing you know he's more a prag pragmatic um yeah. so, which is also a good side of things but i just kind of always sure. knew that i have a teacher's heart and since i love teaching um there was just always an opportunity to kind of instill motivational elements into my teaching because anybody could teach you a parrot at all it's like the kind of teaching i like to do is the more you know, like, what am I going to do with this? How am I going to apply it? How can I cultivate a career? Where do I have to move? I like working with kids on that. I also do the, this is how you hold the sticks and kid. And this is boom, ching, mm -hmm. ga, ching, boom, ching. We do a lot of that too. Cause it's awesome to see the look on people's faces when they get it together. It's like, wow. It's like, Oh kid, that's the keys to the castle. <laughs> now just master that. And you could buy a house and a car and all the stuff. Um, but I just always knew I was going to do it. And so my clinics, when I started building my clinic career in like 2004, you know, going down the highway without, with Aldine, I always tried to instill some motivational stuff and that just kind of grew. And then one day my friend, Anthony, it's all relationships, all gatekeepers. I had a friend come see a uh, clinic in 2010 and he said, Hey man, there's some like global messaging here that would work for corporate America. They definitely need this positivity. And who doesn't want to listen to a drummer? It's man's first instrument. It levels the playing field. 
you know, you just got done playing the George Lopez show and Jay Leno. So they're going to, they're going to be more likely to listen to you. So you should just keep building this. So that individual, thank you, Anthony, if you're listening, he hired me for 12 speeches for Cisco, which is basically a company that runs the internet, you know, they call them the plumbers of the internet. Um, and uh, so then, you know, like anything in life, people start to talk and they're like, Hey, I work for Johnson and Johnson. Hey, I work for Hewlett Packard. Hey, I work for hard rock hotels. And then you just start getting thrown into the deep end of the pool and you refine your messaging and, and, and then just, then you start to market it and tell people about it. And then just grows, you know, and uh, my real inspiration is our friend, Mark Shulman. Cause you know, Mark speaks, He's Mark's been doing it eight years longer than I am. So his career is just completely prospering right now. If I can't do something, I call Mark. If Mark can't do something, he calls me. And then there's guys like Kenny's talking. His messaging is a little bit different. Like, um, you know, uh, you know, lifelong relevance, taking care of yourself, work ethic, how like life and, um, being in a corporation is like being in a band, you know, that kind of stuff. And then Mark's yeah. got his yeah. own thing and I've got my thing, which is based on an acronym called crash. And, um, you know, some people love acronyms. Some people hate acronyms. Um, I'm going to make every book I write about acronyms. Cause it's just, he's like crash, you know, commitment, relationships, attitudes. I can remember that, you know? And then, so, you know, sure. maybe yeah. you, you pull another word, bam, and it stands for brotherhood and attitude and you know you just come up with different things that are sticky hopefully that people can take with them and remember you know yeah yeah no that's great man that's that's great i i i agree too that that you know the world needs that you know and and i could see i could see a place you know certainly in corporate america where you know they they need that sort of you know uh Positive reinforcement, yeah. inspiration. Yeah. And you have experience. Fantastic. I mean, like, that's always been somewhat appealing to me. It's like the other side of these of the industry. Like, you know what I mean? Like you were the Zildjian for so long, and then Simmons and DW, yeah. and like what a I mean, you could write a book. You probably should write a book on what it's what it's like to be uh, um representing a high level manufacturer in a high position and what your the expectations are and the stories and the, because people, it's probably a mystery to a lot of people, you know? Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I think about it sometimes, you know, and, and uh, I'd have to uh, change a lot of names or leave people, leave, leave stuff out. Yeah, yeah, out. for sure. <laughs> but no, it, it's, uh, it's something I do think, and thank you for saying that. It's something that, you know, I, I think about from time to time. If nothing else, just to have it archived or, or somehow, um, you know, kind of, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, documented. Yeah. Documented. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Into, yeah. Documented for, for, but they would love you as a speaker. You know what I mean? It's like you, it's, it's all teed up. If you ever had any interest because you've have such a storied background, you were in the corporate side of things and then you're a drummer that still plays drums every Friday and Saturday night. You know what I mean? And, and that's a cool and people love the drums. So like, it bro it is all teed up for you you know well thank you rich thank you but i don't know you know <laughs> you and kenny and, and mark shulman i think you guys have it pretty well sewn oh, up man but but that's cool but so so yeah I, a couple of other things and you you mentioned crash course for success and and just so everybody watching that's that's the name of your course and and people can find out about that on your website and that's that's out there they can search yeah for. And you have a you have a book coming out 
in the spring yeah uh, making it in country yeah, music yeah making it uh making it in country music and insiders look at the industry so is it, it's coming out May 15 in a hardback, which I'm really excited about because usually publishers will not give you a hardback unless they're really excited. Yeah. Um, it's funny, though, because a lot of people have already asked me, Audible? Is it coming out on Audible? You know, because I, I put out a book called Crash Course for Success, Five Ways to Supercharge Your Personal Professional Life. And you could get it on like a dead tree, you know, so Jeff Bezos prints it up and he ships it to your house. You could download it to your Kindle or I um, read my own book on Audible. And it's just so it's crazy how popular that is. People are like, well, I'm in the car you know, two hours a day or I'm on a train. And so that's just better for me. So I'm like, well, patience. We're going to put out the hardback then probably a paperback. And while that is out, I'll be recording the audible. But um, I have a co-author. Her name is Jennifer Delazana. And she, I always write with a co-author because they have skills that I don't have and they help me get the product to the finish line. So if you, if there's people out there that are listening that you're paralyzed by this to-do list and there's things that you want to start doing, well, enlist a friend that's got some, some skills uh, or some experience in that area and then they help you get that to the finish line, you know, and just get it out there. But basically, it's like uh, it's a uh, it's not going to be the end all be all of like if you read this book, you will be the next big country music star. But it's basically a way of pulling back the curtain on the industry through my eyes and showing people like, look, it. There's more to just the guy up there in the hat. There's definite. There's people that have to build the set and drive the bus and cook the food and take the and rehearse the band and do the social media. And there's this whole incredible web of an industry in a city like um, like Nashville, where a song is being written, it gets plugged, it gets to the right person. Keith Urban's guy's got a cigar. We're looking for Keith's next song. And then he gets the song and then they record it. And then the live band's got to get put together and someone's got to drive the big rigs and the buses. And there's got to be a road manager to keep it all, get everybody paid and fed and slept. And so if you love the music industry and, and, and you want a job in the music industry, this is kind of like going to show you some options. That's great, man. Yeah. I think, that's what people need to know you know i think there's there's not enough of that out there like peeling back the curtain like yeah. you say like it, there's a whole lot more to it than you being on stage in front of twenty thousand people you know that there's all that other stuff that has to happen yeah uh, yeah i can't wait to get i'm gonna oh, well, get it as soon dude, as i'll send out. you i'll send you a copy man like yeah, i mean even like, like my drum tech you know john hall we just celebrated we, we just got the we just got the kid married and i emceed his wedding and i was the dj it was like i was very busy it was a, it was oh, it was man. a fun time but i you know i hired him when he was 19 now he's 31 and you know we've seen a lot together but he basically just told me he goes you know rich i've got you know i've got my degree in you know drumming and music um but that path you took of living hand to mouth relationship to relationship making you know maybe nine thousand dollars your first year in nashville and just like eating ramen noodles he's like that's not for me the guy, the guy is super organized and methodical, and he really knows how to tune a drum and quickly. And so he fell into this beautiful career trajectory for himself, and he's just probably going to ride it into the sunset. You know, he's very happy. That's great. That's great. Does he get to play like when you guys are off the road and he's home? Does he he plays in a band himself? I keep writing or? him. I keep telling him he needs to be out there doing it. He goes, but I, you know, I'm busy. Yeah. Well, I said, well, now you're married. And you got kids. It's you're gonna start having kids. You yeah. know, you have to. 
you know, uh, you have to make that effort. But uh, like I said, he's just really, really happy. He's in a lane that will pay his bills, consistent income, you know, and uh, and that is not always the case when you're trying to cultivate a playing career. Right. Yeah. And, you know, just to jump backwards one second too, Rich, what you said earlier about how when you guys, when Jason started out and you guys were, I guess you could use the word a little, you know, kind of hungry as a new yeah. act, you were playing all those dates. And now that you've been able to scale it back, I mean, so that, that affords you the ability to, like you said, be in the studio this week to write tunes with your, with your bandmates. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a really enviable position to be in, you know, to, to not have to sweat it out on the road to, you know, to, to make the rent payment or the mortgage payment every yeah. month and, and, and do all, and and you do all these other things too. You kind of do all your own business too, right? I mean, all your like the social media part oh, of it and the bookings. It's exhausting. And- Sometimes I want to double down more on the socials and be like, hey, you know, I want to do a whole series on like songs that influenced me and and like do covers, you know. So people, that's probably something I'm going to want to get into because the other side of the equation is when when you do achieve some sort of a notoriety, you become known for something. You're attached to an act or a genre. Um, people think that's all you can do. So, so you have yeah, to like yeah. break the mold and be like, well, no, here I am playing big band or here I am doing some pop music or so it's just a real brutal business. People want to put you in a box, but it is better to be in a box than no box, you know, be known for something yeah. than, you know, but I do love, I'm still attached to the idea of being a, like a, like a versatile drummer. So on the socials, I, I want to start maybe doing some like covers or so. So I got to get into that, that whole thing, but yeah, you know, doing yeah. your socials, you know, booking your calendar, um, trying to develop as a musician. It's, it's a full-time job. You know, I remember Nate Morton telling me about that. Like everybody thinks, uh, you know, I have some sort of a building with Nate more. It's 60 stories. This is where I run my industry. <laughs> and it's like, man, we're just walking around with our iPhone and our laptop, just trying to keep it all together. You know, and it's, it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> I could hear him yeah. say that. And, and, you know, I, I, you make a good point too, that, that um, it could be, Certainly, I would never call it a curse, but living in Nashville, I think people might jump to that conclusion of putting you like in that box. Like, oh, he's he plays with Jason Aldean, 25 years, almost 30 yeah. years, country drummer. But, you know, I mean, like you said, you went to North Texas State. You 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 have a, a huge drumming vocabulary and uh, and it's that's a, that's a great asset to have. And I think that's important for people to understand that. You know, you, like Kenny, who went to, to you know... Uh, studied four mallets and timpani and all that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He studied with my late father-in-law, Vic mm-hmm. Firth. I mean, he he, he was, like, going to be a legit player if he decided to go on... When I say legit, like, you know, a real, like, classically trained... Can you imagine how different the world would be if, if Kenny had taken the job <laughs> with Lou Rawls or the that's, that European <laughs> symphony? So it's almost like, yeah, it's like there's, uh, there's like, there's like yeah. a destiny, like maybe things are, are, are like, you know, laid out for us down the line. We don't know it, but we have to roll up our sleeves and we do the work and we approach life with a open spirit and we're enthusiastic and we just keep showing up. And then somehow the, this path is, re- is revealed, which is our, ultimately our purpose, you know? Um, yeah. As much as I love and respect Spangalang and and breaking up the beat and trying to do to do my best to sound like Elvin on a jazz chart, um, it's still not completely second nature because I grew up listening to 
the babies and the faces and all the thes, you know, and there was just a strong backbeat. There's something about a backbeat that just ties the universe together. And it's this universal language. I mean, you could go to Peru or Paraguay or the the leaning tower of Pisa and you plan a backbeat and people are going to relate to it somehow. Absolutely. No, there's no doubt about it. And with, you know, my, I have the absolute greatest love and respect for, you know, Elvin and, 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 you know, the guys that came after him and before, you know, Peter Erskine and Tony Williams and God. Yeah. I mean, but it's, but my, my home base is with you, you know, and just, I mean, that's all I really ever knew as a drummer was a backbeat. And uh, yeah, it's what, it's just the best. um, It's the best. Yeah. Well, I, you know, we're, we're, wow, we're, things are moving quick. I wanted to just get to a couple oh, of quick yeah, of questions. I got all I day, that, man. Um, I, it's when, when it comes to <laughs> drums and like two guys that run and drink wine, come on, man. I know. I think we drank wine together that night in LA or Anaheim, wherever it was. I feel like we went, yeah, like we both knew like, well, that makes wine. sense. There, there was Carmine was there. Lib was there. Um, Jack Bruno yeah. was there. Like everybody was there, man. It was whole bunch of drummers yeah. yeah yeah it was good it was a lot of fun um and i today i actually ran for the first time i'll just say i hadn't run in a few weeks just i had a cold for a while and the weather's been kind of yeah. you know winter and, and boston-ish and all, <laughs> boston-ish. That and all that but boston-ish in january but i got out today and i i my wife walked and and i only ran uh, you know just under four miles but i f- i felt way better than i thought i started like a little sluggish and i'm like well i'm getting in a groove and I'm I'm older than you, but it it was like it was kind of coming. But back dude, you look so dude, I, you look great. You and I've looked at pictures going you. back. To, you've always been height weight proportionate. There was never a period where you're like, dude, put down the uh, the triscuits. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and it's and I've got some of those photos out there where where I did nothing but practice and my life was completely unbalanced and I had you know, you know, two chins. Yeah. <laughs> I had those moments too. Believe me, when I when I. <laughs> When I when I lived in L.A. and ate Mexican food for lunch every I day, I missed the like, weather. You know, I, you know, I I spent yeah. the I kind of <laughs> was living in L.A. and Nashville for like six years, you know, and I was going back and forth. Yeah. And there's just something when you land in that city and the sky is blue and you see the craning brontosaurus palm trees and you know you could get an almond milk substitute or say hold the cheese and they don't look at you funny and it's just it's just <laughs> a great place it really is and then sometimes it does get it does get on you where it's just like I am tired of sitting in this car and you yes. know yeah I totally I'll just say yeah I you made a good point too about the 70 degrees I remember you know I'd go out there every every six or so weeks for work you know and I'd be out there in January or February and you know more often than not it, I'd land at like 11 in the morning and it's like 70 degrees it's unbelievable yeah in my rental car and I'm like man this this is not top bad, down you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, top down. Gonna go eat lunch somewhere in an outdoor sidewalk. Yeah, cafe, and they wouldn't, you know? they, and you always stay, and you ask, like, what do you serve? And they're like, California cuisine. <laughs> like from Steve Martin, yeah. the LA story movie. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, too funny. Well, I see that, I see that Ali uh, Barget, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Ali, Ali Barget or Bar- Barget um, had asked, I think, the question that I asked you earlier, which is how you got into mo- motivational speaking. And um, she asked, did you seek it out or was it initially an idea that came via a different route? Yeah. Which I think we, we covered that. And then there's, here's a question from uh, Gilbert Garcia, who's asking, what's your personal practice schedule routine day by day in a I week? I love that. How, yeah. How long are you 
how long are your practice sessions and what are you presently working on? Right That's amazing. Now? Yeah, I know Gilbert. Gilbert, I've done clinics for Gilbert. He's down in South Texas. Great educator. He's got some great oh, kids great. he works with. I, yeah, I know his name. Yeah, too. yeah. yeah. He's there. He's just carrying the torch for music education. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say I have so many different things that I do. I wish I was still the guy that practice um, six hours a day, but it's just every day. I might be in a different city, state. I'm in an airport. I'm on a bus. I'm in a recording studio. My, my, my favorite place to be is on stage with other musicians or to be in a recording studio live with other musicians on the floor at the same time, which I'm happy to say happens Every day in Nashville, we're still like Motown, like playing music on the floor at the same time. So nothing rigorous, but, you know, at the very least, when I'm on the road, clinic during the day before sound check, sound check, dinner sticks in my hands for an hour before I go on stage. Then I play 90 minutes. So there's a lot of drumming. And then if you're in Nashville on a particular, a, a particular day, like a single recording session is three hours and sometimes you do two. So you get in, you get drum sounds at nine. You're playing the first song at 10. You might break for lunch between one and two. And then there's another session. And my record in Nashville um, is play, is recording. I did 21 songs in a day. So I I did a triple session, 10 to 1, wow. 2 to 5, 6 to 9, and we did seven sessions, seven songs every three hours. So basically, it's like hearing the demo and then the drummer getting the first take. And then when everybody is fixing or layering like a bazooka or a second acoustic guitar, you pick up your tambourine shaker maracas and you try to color it a little bit. So 21 songs is my, is my record. Man. Um, but usually it's now three to five. You do three to five songs every three hours, which is still fast. That's, that's fast. That's productive. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and again, I know, I, I think most people understand this, but that is truly the name of the game. And you said this at the beginning with, you know, being able to read and, and write charts that the days of, of, you know, you going into a studio with, with Jason's band and you guys having the budget to like write the songs in the studio. No. I mean, you know, I, we laugh yeah. about that. That's but, not I mean, like the good old days, man. Like a destination session. We're like, we're going to the Caribbean for a month. We're going to yeah. write the yeah. record in the studio and eat papaya all day long. Like <laughs> that, it, re, re, session work now is yeah. you're lucky if you have cartage. So the, the box truck drops drum paradise, you know, Harry's there. One of his friends are there. The drums are set up. You get your coffee, you get your sounds and then it is work. It is focus. You know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, yeah, there's no messing around because it's, it really truly is time yeah. is money. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's great. And, and I wanted to touch too, Rich, because, um, I, I know this about you, but I, I don't know if other folks know that you have, um, you're a member of SAG Screen Actors Guild and you have some acting credits yeah. and, and how, how did that have just, it, did it come about because you're such a handsome man and oh. somebody like in the old days ago. That's the face I see in my next. They're like, well, he's too short to be a model and he's too. And so it, but no, for me, like I always had like a career fantasy of like, I loved three's company and like physical comedy and the, the, the whole idea of the, the format of a sitcom, 22 minutes and tell a story. There's trouble ensues, laughs, hilarity. Yeah. I love it all. Like, I just love that thing. And so that was always like a secret fantasy of mine. Um, but at 45, I got divorced and I wanted to just do 
It's like I'm not I'm not trapped behind the drums, but I'm behind this thing all the time. I'm like, what can I do yeah. creatively? Like, can I walk out there and that tightrope? I took started taking like um, improv classes and just like basics of acting class, um, uh, um, cold yeah. reading. You know, where you get a script and you know, there's an art to getting a script and being able to catch your line and still be in the thing and interacting with the other person. So I went down the rabbit hole, you know, living part-time in Los Angeles wow. and had the agents yeah. and all the, audience. so somehow in the cracks on Monday, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I was able to take the classes, get my butt into two horror films that were on Netflix. And then I was on a TV show and one episode and I got to beat the heck out of Christopher Maloney from law and order. <laughs> and just to experience all the things that it'll be a working thespian has to, you know, don't go to craft service all day. You know, you're going to be fat and just, you know, you know, stay, turn your cell phone off, be in it, you know, um, just, yeah. there's so many commonalities in the other arts, whether it's, you know, being a dancer or a poet or a screenwriter or a director or an actor. It's like, we have this creative outlet. We have this gift from God we, that we've some, taken the time to mold and to cultivate. And I was just like, I just want to do this thing. And, um, you know, as an actor, I have not worked in a while because of the pesky pandemic. But um, in the process, I've realized that it is the cherry on my creative pie. You know, and I'll probably do a lot more hosting. Like I have a hosting agent and, and they're like, Hey, they're, you know, they want a drummer in a Doritos commercial, you know? And like, like shoot, when does it shoot? Oh, on the 14th and 15th. Yeah. I'm in the studio. I got a session, you know? So yeah. it's so rare when it all lines up that you can nail the audition. They love you. You're available to, for the shoot dates. It's, it's a, it's a real tough business, you know, but I'm glad I yeah. did it. Some, everything happens for a reason. The acting helps my speaking. The speaking helps the acting. That all helps the drumming. It all cross pollinates. It's, it's fun, you know? And I would think your drumming helps your timing, your comedic timing and your, or your, your acting timing too. I mean, just in terms of like, you know, I, 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 I feel like they're all, like you say, interconnected in yeah. that way. And, and, I'd have to think too, what little I know about that part of the business is that there are a lot of last minute things that happen that, like you say, you, you have, you know, you kind of have your quote day job as being yeah. a professional drummer, a known, you know, pro drummer. So you, if it works out that you get a call, Hey, you know, Rich, we, we gotta, you know, want you to come down to read for something tomorrow. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I can do it. But probably most times you're like, oh man, I'm, I'm booked. I'm it is it is the case. And you know, so a lot of my work I see in the future coming from probably, you know, I you make you meet interesting people in these cities that are at the highest levels. They're screenwriters, they're producers, or and they like, man, you are this guy. You don't even really have to read for it, dude. You you're like you're the guy. So I have this cool little indie film and we need you to be like doorman number two or, you know, the next door neighbor or like, yeah, man, let's bring it on. So I don't know where that's going. I just know that I'm still very interested in it, you know? Great, man. I, I could, I can totally see the fit. I, were, did you feel comfortable? Like in terms of having to memorize lines, did you like, you're, you're built like your, your drum education help with being able to sort of like work that part of your brain to, because to me, that would be the hardest thing to me would be to remember all those lines. Yeah, there's little tracks, little hit, you know, little uh, hacks that these actors do to, to kind of like they might have photographic memory or they grab certain things and they can string together and thread it in their mind. 
you know, a lot of these dudes are like people that have been, you know, acting since they're eight years old, just like I've been playing drums since I was eight years old. So, um, yeah. but you know, look at John Stamos, like, I mean, a great actor, great drummer, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and yeah. so, so, um, you know, there's a lot of negative Nellies out there. Once I was trying to like open that door to my soul and like start to learn that new craft. There was a lot of people that are like, aren't you just, aren't you satisfied? You got a great thing going. You got to go do this thing. I'm like, man, I'm being pulled towards it. I can't explain it. I know that I just have to do it. And this part of my business model, my business model is to invest in myself. And that's why I'm a member of SAG and AFM and the Progressive Art Society. And, and we're, and you get to be around birds of feather, people that have like similar philosophies and goals and, aspirations and and so when you surround yourself with these kind of people it's a great so always investing in yourself and like so you know i have a product called drumming in the modern world drumming in the modern world.com and it's like 120 high definition videos my little take on um rudiments rudiments applied to the drums soloing in some styles um how to play certain grooves how to set up a cute just stuff that a lot of people don't talk about and it's like 99 bucks and people will be like that's too much money. I was like, $99, man. I'll spend that before breakfast <laughs> investing in myself. You know, you got to yeah, have a website. Yeah. You have to have, you have to, it's got to be state of the art. It constantly needs to be updated. Um, you know, do you think I want to buy this overpriced t-shirt? No, but I got to look good. That's half the battle <laughs> is because people yeah. are making a judgment of you as soon as they see you, you know? So there's all these little things that, that uh, can make the difference in the industry. I think it's an expectation for you to be a great drummer and to be a great hang at a nice person. And there's that, that other stuff, that stuff that no one talks about the, sh um, you know, showing up early is to be on time, be the first one there, yes. the last one to leave, have a firm handshake take direction from people the gear's got to be in great shape just just that stuff that people don't talk about that it really is makes all the difference amen yeah absolutely no that's we, we could do a whole show on that you know just all those things you just said um and before i forget i want to congratulate you too rich on being nominated for country drummer of the <gasps> year with drumming oh cool thank you that's Awesome. And, and is the voting, is the, the ballot still open? No, it was like a, it's little short window from December 20 to 25. And, um, Oh, that was it. Yeah. Okay. You All know, right. it's funny. So, cause when you start mixing like competition, like a sports like mentality with music, it doesn't always really mix half the battle is just being nominated and being in this being where your, your peers are like, Oh man, you did great work this year. It was another good year for you. Let's, you know, the folks at Drumeo to be in that category with those other world-class musicians. Wow. This is amazing. But also if you're going to be nominated, it's always great to win. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, absolutely. So, I know. no, but I, but I, I think, you know, I, I, you know, people often, that's like a, the, the sort of cliche of like, it's just good to be nominated. But I, I agree with that, that, you know, being mentioned in the same company as the Jim like, Riley's and the real, Lonnie Wilson's. And, yeah. yeah. Oh my God heavy guys and that that's that's pretty good to just be in that same you know category that same sentence so and that's nice well thank you and the dremio guys are you know that is just such a, a like a cool facility just that commitment to education you know that and drum channel and mike john there's so many just great places to get the information nowadays we didn't for us back in the day we were just dropping needles going what's greg bissonette doing on eat him and smile you know the how can i slow this we didn't have a way to slow it down it was no you had to 
lift the needle up and play it again and see if you could catch it the second time or the third or the, I know, yeah. I know we talk about that. It's, it's a, you know, and, and it's great that, that drummers coming up today have all these tools, like you say, all these resources to, you know, and that's why we see kids, you know, five years old playing these crazy double bass drum and twirling their and, sticks. And then guys that are just, that are just like <laughs> killing it at such a young age because, yeah, ex- the exposure is so high. There's really no excuse nowadays for not being a great drummer, and 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 all the all the music is practically pro tool to death. So all the kids are playing with perfect time, and so I'm noticing that there's a as a teacher there's ge- there's a generation or two of kids that have really amazing time, and they could pick out right away. Oh my God, you know that song just picked up 15 beats over the course of three and a half minutes. Which we we know those songs that are out there, but they're still they're so classic, you know. But those yeah, kids, their yeah. ears are so in tune to like, this is getting faster, you know. <laughs> That's yeah. That wasn't me as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I know what you mean. My granddaughter. I'll just I'll just give a little plug to my seven year old granddaughter ah. who sits and my my son will put like a. Uh, like a, a record on or something or recording and she'll play to it on either like an acoustic kit or an electronic set. And he'll sometimes have like a little cross stick or like a click sound in the background. And she just nails it. She just nails it on the back. Yeah. And then when it's not on, I'll listen. I'll go, my God, her time is ridiculous. Ugh. Like she's just, yeah. And I think you're right. I think it's this, as a young person, it becomes kind of innate to be able to develop that internal clock that, that, you know, I know when I, as a kid, I didn't, I didn't work on that. I, I wanted to play, like you said, to all the, the records, yeah. you know, the who and the stones and the Beatles and Led Zeppelin and the time sometimes shifted. And I just, you know, I just wanted to play along. But with they it. did it together as a band, you know, which is, which That's is right. so, yeah. so great. And, and I hope, I hope the band mentality doesn't disappear from music because, you know, a lot of labels, they just don't want to deal with the six personalities. They want to have one person to kind of boss around a little bit. You know what I mean? So the, 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 the mentality, the band one for all, all for one thing is, is disappearing a little bit from music, but I don't want to sound like the get off my lawn guy. I'm very happy to be in the business, you know? Yeah. Well, Rich, man, it's been a, a pleasure to have you today. I thank you so much for, for taking time. to. Oh, do man, this. the pleasure is mine. And you're the coolest looking grandfather I've ever seen in my life, man. <laughs> thank you, brother. <laughs> thank you. And I, and I want to I want to give a plug to your show too, the Rich Redmond show. And where can people catch that? Can they find it? Uh, it's is it a podcast that we can yeah find the rich redmond show we've got Apple 153 Pod- episodes and i'm gonna really double down on it this year i was really good at right. like doing two episodes a week you know during the covid but then i started working on my book and i was like i don't think i could do a podcast and a book and tour so so um but now yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get back into it and you know just like you just interviewing our friends the the mark shulmans and the kenny aronoffs and the jason sutters and the lonnie wilson's and the eddie bears's you know and these are folks that are that are um, you know, they're, they're world-class individuals, but at the same time they pay taxes and they poop and they put their pants on one leg at a time. And so it's really good to, for people to hear these stories and to be inspired by people go like, Oh my God, maybe I can do this too. But yeah, it's, it's everywhere. It's on Apple, uh, Google play. We even film it. We put it on YouTube. Um, Great. so yeah, we're excited about it, man. Great. Well, check it out, everybody, and I and I will too. And I've I've watched a few. We're gonna get you on during the pandemic. We're gonna get you on. Well, I I'd love that. I'd be honored. But but get all the good guys first, and then you can squeeze me in somewhere (laughs) after that. 
All right. Well, Rich, hang with me for one second. We'll, we'll uh, end the, uh, the live broadcast. But I want to thank you again. A big hand for Rich Redmond, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, a lot of great comments here, too. You can check out afterwards. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it.